All right, everyone. So this episode with Nicolette is something that you are going to enjoy a lot. You are going to enjoy this one. And I've known Nicolette for years and I've never had this type of in-depth conversation with her in my life. And I learned a lot of things about her that I, I didn't know. And you all are going to learn a lot of things oh, that a high performing sales leader and professional goes through that we don't even really know about. And we really tapped into her life and how she sees her life evolving past just being in the sales career. And so if you're in sales and especially if you're a woman in sales and you're a high achiever, this is definitely a podcast episode for you because it touches on a lot of points that we just don't talk a lot about in sales and how to overcome them and how to be better. And the theme around this was being 1% better every single day across mind, body, professional and personal relationships. And what we dive into is networking, how to find a mentor. I know some of y'all listening, you always wondered, how do I find a mentor? Well, we're going to talk about that here. We're also going to talk about therapy. So this is really interesting because Nicolette has led global sales development teams and has absolutely over exceeded on targets. And she also was the sales development leader at Snowflake. And Snowflake is the fastest growing startup of all time. And she now is an enterprise seller and, and leading a team too. So like these are these are not like little accomplishments. These are big accomplishments. And she's going to therapy. So she talks about that. I thought that was like just a very in-depth conversation. So listen to you get to that part because it's so eye-opening to how we need to do these things to better ourselves. And we think therapy is a bad thing, but actually can help us. So she talks about that piece. And then she also talks about being active in nature. So ever since listening to the episode, I've been more active in nature. So next week you'll hear me talk about me going out in nature. I'm not like Tarzan, but I'm, I'm out there in nature and I'm going to talk about how that's helped me. And this is just a deep dive into just a hardworking, someone I respect in the SaaS, so software as a service space and in the sales space that has produced great results, but at the same time has found ways to get better at their own life and able to share that with others. And this is, she admitted that this is the first time she's been really open about these things. And it was a slightly uncomfortable for her, but I think it's really amazing that she was able to come on and share these insights with us so that you all as the audience can learn from the things that she's been going through. So as always, as you're enjoying this podcast and you're, and you're getting your one-off formulas, please, please leave us a review here on the podcast five-star reviews here. If you are enjoying it, please do that. that. That brings oxygen to this podcast so other people can hear about it. And then also as well, if you found insights on this, please feel free to message me on Instagram at Morgan J. Ingram and share it to the One Up Formula account as well. So enjoy the episode. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lesson Lee, and my guy, Kyle Lacey over there. It's a powerful yet simple readiness and training software for high growth sales teams. And as we all know, it's a virtual environment. So it's really important to have the remote teams on the same page so they can deliver amazing experiences to the customers and prospects. And I love their motto, by the way, do better work, check them out. They're helping major brands like HelloFresh, Goodwill, Birchbox, and Thrive Market do success. And a lot of their clients are saying that their software gives them a lot more confidence in the way that they onboard their new reps and their existing reps. That's massive. So if you're in the market for it, check them out. Easy to use, easy to adopt. It's Lessonly. 
lessonly.com. So it's L-E-S-S-O-N-L-Y.com. And you can also click the link in the show notes to get there as well. Before we get into this episode, Nicola, anything that I miss or you want to touch on here? No, I mean, that's a, that's a good, uh, good background. Um, Morgan, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to have you. And so, yeah, Nicolette and I have been connected for, for a long time, but we like, we like never met until I came and, t- and then did the, the training with Snowflake and we had a, just a great conversation and we stayed connected and we just have a lot of mutual people in the space that we're connected with. And we finally were able to talk. And really the, the first question that I want to ask is I want to go back to selling diamonds. How did you even get involved with that? And then how have those skills that you learned there apply to what you're doing today? Yeah, it's a strange road. Uh, I studied international relations and poli-sci in, uh, in college and uh, with a concentration on French. So I wanted to really work for the State Department for a while um, in Middle East and North Africa. Uh, when I was coming out of uh, college, uh, I was actually going to join the Navy. Uh, and so I went through a lot of the testing and I just got some cold feet and just really tried to figure out, is this the path that I really want? Uh, you know, you get into the military and then the government's very bureaucratic. Um, and I think I just kind of came to the realization that this, these are things that I really just enjoy learning about. Do I really want to make a career out of it? I'm not sure. So uh, I was working for the dean of um, C. Boulder for the time after college. And um, I was looking all over LinkedIn. Um, I, originally, um, I was looking at uh, companies in Denver and nothing okay. was really super interesting for me at the time. Uh, at that time also, uh, tech had not really started to boom out here. Uh, so, And, I had, and before you go into assistance to the dean, like, did that just, did you just go to the dean and say, yo, I just want to be your assistant? Like, how did you do that? That's interesting. Uh I had a friend, a family friend that had worked in the the advising office um, and she's like, Hey, there's this position uh, that you're supporting the Dean might be interesting. You know, you get to, if you don't have work, you get to study it's on campus. And so that's what I was doing. So I think I just got a little bit lucky with that one. Yep. Uh, And uh, so, yeah, I, I had some friends that had moved to San Francisco and were starting to work in startups and they were doing quite well. And I really wanted to be a part of that. I thought that I had a lot, a lot to offer. So I found this one company, uh, this diamond company called Brilliant Earth. And it it kind of, it, it it was a crossroads between this like sort of startup, uh, culture. And then the mission of the company, um, which was all around, uh, making sure you're not exploiting, um, Africa, really, basically, from like a mining's perspective of metals, um, and then also precious gemstones. Got it. So it was sort of an intersection for me. Um, I did a year there. It wasn't, you know, it, it it definitely got me used to the fast pace of startups. Uh, but ultimately, sure. I really wanted to go into the technology side. Got it. And that's what led you to obviously working with these great companies you've done so we've gone worth with so far and really the, the fall question is you know we see we see the hat collection behind you like I, I checked out instagram checked out pinterest obviously you have a, an appeal towards fashion with international affairs so fashion is that something that you are just naturally into is that something that you want to get more into like because you mentioned france and i know i actually studied france or uh, french 
in high school, and I know obviously fashion's big over there. Like, talk to us a little bit more about that fashion piece. My mom went to school for um, fashion design in LA. Okay. Um, so I think awesome. I probably picked that up from her. Probably um, so. <laughs> we will, we will pro- we'll probably touch on just sort of some future career aspirations and, you know, different types of investing that I'm looking at doing and what I want to, you know, being an entrepreneur and the design aspect sort of feeds into a little bit of what I, you know, a, if I want to have multiple streams of income, that is a, that is something that I would like to do on the side in terms of like real estate investing, flipping houses, doing some design there. <laughs> Awesome. No, that that's 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 really cool. And so let's let's go into that, right? You talked about things you want to get in the future, but obviously there's things in the background you're doing to make sure that you can drive towards that. And so really the theme that we're gonna be talking with Nicolette here is one percent better every day across the board, not just your career, mind, body, personal, and professional. And so as we always do when we start out this podcast, is what are the three things that you would say that you do outside of work that help you be successful that's part of your one-up formulas here? I think um, one of the things that I do, and I, and I have a lot a lot of people to thank for my network um, and what I've been able to build because they've really brought me here to where I am today. Yep. Um, but networking is so important. And like the, I don't know, I don't really like the word networking, but it, you know, it's really around finding mentors um, and then giving back as well. So the mentorship, mentee, that whole aspect, but I have been able to develop a really strong army of a support system behind me, um, not only in tech, but in venture capital. And uh, I think it's all around being curious. So that that's, that is one thing that I think drives me and it's very difficult to do in the environment that we're in today, but absolutely, you've got to, you've got to figure it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second one is um, really taking care of your mind. Um, I go to therapy every week, therapy coaching. Uh, it helps me be better. It helps me be more present. Um, uh, I'm a very introspective person, uh, but I also really hard on myself as well. So it's really finding the balance between, uh, bettering yourself, but not beating yourself up as well. Uh, so, you know, coaching, uh, therapy, journaling, mm-hmm. those are all things that keeping a, a sound mind is just so, so important to me. It's one of the things that I value, um, but also keeping active too. And it's not just working out, it's being in nature. I moved back to Colorado a, a year and a half ago. And being able to just have access to nature or really just the mountains within 15 to 20 minutes has, I'm from here. And that's something that is really deeply ingrained in in me. So skiing, um, hiking, um, the Peloton's still left of me that's inside, but at least it's something. (laughs) Um, Honestly, anything that I can do, um, both body and mind. So those are the three things. Okay. So we're at, when we started as like number one is networking. I feel like a lot of people listening in are trying to find ways to get a mentor or like, I think an even deeper question is how to be a better mentee, which I feel like isn't talked about enough. And also how are you going about in a virtual world? And then how did you go out when you first started? Right. Cause you started off as an SDR and now you're leading a team at, again, one of the fat, one the fastest growing startup that we've seen. So really where I want to start is you mentioned, you don't like the word networking. So what would be a word that you would switch that to? It's like, um, relationship building, mm-hmm. um, bringing value to everyone around you. Um, and I think that that's really at the core of it. And the, 
I, I think probably the most proud uh, connection that I made early that was very impactful for me that I I really had to go out and find this person was our dear friend Ralph Barcy. Shout out to Ralph uh, Barcy. We gotta show we gotta show some Ralph. So love the Ralph always, on this podcast. <laughs> um, he he at the time he I believe he was at Achievers. Uh, mm. He was the VP of Sales Development at, at Achievers, uh, and I was actually prospecting into him. Uh, and then I just started to just see you know he, how how well he writes and how he presents, and I just wanted to learn from him. So it went from being a prospect to. Um, you know, I didn't directly say, Hey, can you mentor me? Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to start small conversations, comment on his posts, like his posts, like give him some love. And then I feel like I finally at one point earned the right to just say, Hey, can I get 15 minutes? Like I just moved into a, a manager role. Uh, I really respect your approach. Um, we just love some pointers. So when I was very, and what you said is how do you become a very good mentee? I was very prepared for that conversation. I knew exactly what I wanted to ask him. Uh, and I was hoping to be able to show him how curious of a person I was and mm-hmm. how hard that I, I really, I really wanted to be a good leader. Uh, and so at the end of that call, uh, I said, Hey, would you, would you mind if we have a follow-up? You, I have some great things here. Um, I'd love to, to put these in action and then come back to you. And I think is I've had some, um, as I've been a mentor, the mentees that I really love working with are the ones that are prepared, that do come back. They reflect on what we talked about. Uh, they tell me what they did, what they, you know, if they did something wrong, if they did something right, we celebrate their wins. You know, we talk about how we do something better. Uh, and Ralph was sort of the, the first person that I really had this really strong, um, strong relationship with. And that, that sort of built the mold of what good looks like to me. You, you touched on a lot of great stuff here, and I want to unpack two main things. I'm going to follow up with a question because you mentioned reaching out proactively without asking being a mentor, and you were doing active comments and liking. So I want to understand that strategy. But two things I want everyone to pay attention to here is number one is when Nicolette said that she not only prepare for the call, but she said, hey, I want to follow up on what you said. There are a lot of people, and you probably get this too, that aren't mentees, but people who might ask for 30 minutes, they'll ask questions, they'll take your advice, and you never hear from them ever again. And it's like, whatever happened to Sally, right? <laughs> like Sally wanted this call, but I don't know what she did. Or Bobby really said he wanted this information, but I don't know where Bobby went. And you all would be shocked how many people don't execute on the things that people take the 30 minutes of their time, which is valuable, and don't do anything. So if you're able to come back to be like, hey, I actually did what you said, that stands out. That's one of the reasons, shout out to Ralph, I like did the SCR Chronicles because Ralph said it and I followed through and it being episode 100 and that's why we have a very close relationship today. It's about following through. And number two that you said that I think was really, really key is, and I mentioned it before, but being prepared, like taking the notes, maybe listening to interviews that they have done and looking at their LinkedIn profile and not starting off a conversation being like, hey, tell me about your background. Like <laughs> LinkedIn's right there. Like you should know the background already. That's a, that's just not a question to ask there. So, but I want to go back to it. You said you were posting comments. So how long did you do that? Did you have a spreadsheet on how long you were going to do comments? Like what's the recommendation here for people who are trying to get mentors? Like how long should they be commenting? What's the strategy? 
man, that was a long time ago. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, I, I think I was so new to the SDR role mm-hmm. and it, I don't know if I had something that was very methodical. Um, I, so what I sort of went by was let's see if he just engages, like, let me ask him, him a question about, you know, this part of his, uh, um, podcast or this part of the article and see if he responds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just tried to su- sort of create, um, a, a bridge without yeah. being, you know, so, so blunt. Uh, and I think once I, once I started to get conversations with him online, then I was like, okay, I feel like he must know my name by now. So I, I mean, I, I would probably say at a minimum, I probably did at least 10 touches okay. whether it's liking commenting Twitter. I think I was a lot bigger into Twitter at that point. Um, so really anywhere that he was, um, sharing his content, I was engaging with it. Okay. So at least 10 touches, maybe across multiple channels, then going in for the ass. I think that's a, that's a fair number for anyone here to do, especially if it's someone of high value, show up for them, know, have some context that obviously get you a higher response. And one thing that you also said is don't ask for them to mentor you. You just ask for time. So explain that concept as of right now. And now you being a mentor, are you proactively finding mentees? Are you just waiting to see if people just ask you for 30 minutes? If someone asks you to mentor you, is that like weird? Like what's going on there? I get asked a lot. Uh, and to your point earlier, there's so many people that don't follow up. And yeah. Ralph and I actually had this conversation when I started to ask for a little more time and I said, would you be, would you be willing to do some mentorship? And he said, okay, well, I want to understand the parameters of what you're expecting. And I thought that that was so, I now see how valuable that was because of how many people have asked for my time and how many people that I've given, they asked for time, you know, I've given them some advice and then they don't ever come back. So I've actually started to adopt some of that, like, okay, well, don't just ask me for mentorship. What are you trying to get out of this? Why, why, why do you want me to be your mentor? What is it about me that you under, you think that this is going to be a good relationship? Yep. Uh, and it really goes back to, um, I read a book early on when I was an SDR by Adam Grant. It's called Give and Take. And uh, there's so many parallels to so many things in my life from negotiating to creating relationships. Sure. And, you know, a lot of times you're going to be taking a lot, but you can't always be a taker. And one of the things that uh, Ralph asked me, he's like, I will definitely give you time. He said, but if I ever send you like, hey, I, can you can you comment on this piece of uh, uh, this article or, or something that I put out? I said, absolutely. It's the least I can do. So, you know, over time, I think that that starts to balance out a little bit. Absolutely. I, that makes a lot of sense. And it just while the mentor and mentee, yeah, there is like obviously mentors giving advice, like, but it is a relationship, right? So it should be mutual beneficial and in some sort of fashion, right? Because you'd be able to give some insight to the mentor as well. And that really goes into my next part of my, my question here, because you have mentors, but how many do you have? And then why? Man, they're all for different reasons. Um, yep. You know, Ralph, he's such a pump up guy to me. Um, (laughs) And you know this. uh, Whenever I'm feeling just just down, um, I I give him a call and I'm like, here's the situation. And he just perks me right up. He brings me right back 
to, you know, reminds me of, look at all those really amazing things that you've done. Like you're going to go through these things. Um, oh man, but he's also a friend. Like we exchange music. Um, it's really been developed in a lot more of a friendship. Um, yep. but we both, you know, we both benefit off of each other now. Um, you know, I have another one where, um, our brains just work in the same way in like a very coin operated mathematical way that we approach, um, sales, uh, um, there's some that I, you know, I, it's from like more of an investing side and like, how do you really trying to maximize your time in this like technology SaaS space? Uh, so, I mean, there's such a wide variety, um, and it, and a lot of them end up, uh, starting to formulate based on conversations that you have. You're like, wow, that's really interesting. I really admire that person for X, Y, and Z. I want to learn more. Got it. So really, you're you have different categories for those mentors, and it all depends on the stage of life that you're in, that you're trying to get that information. Sounds like right now, the main part of that is investing. And you're trying to have a lot of mentors in that investing space. But in five years, it could be completely different. Absolutely. And you, you would ask me how many? I, I know for sure that if I called probably 10 people right now, they would immediately pick up the phone. Uh, so, I mean, I think the really close ones, probably about 10, um, for all different reasons. Um, and there's definitely pe- other people that I would call on that they would absolutely give me their time. I think that's, I think that's really important because if you're able to have multiple mentors for multiple reasons, it allows for you to get insight and knowledge and from that, from those people and not have to go out and find all these different resources and I have at max five, but I think everyone is different on how they go about it. But the really important piece here for everybody listening in is that you don't have to have just one mentor. Cause when people think of a mentor mentee, it's like, oh, I only have, I only have one. It's like, no, you could have multiple for different areas of your life, investing. It could be sales related, marketing related, spiritual related. There's so many different points about it. And so that, that's really key. And you have, so you have a strong network, obviously. So in finding the information, how does that process work? Obviously you're an SDR, so it's obviously it's easy to probably find that information, but you're going to YouTube podcast. Like how do you prepare? So like you come to be very, you've mentioned this word a lot, curious to that person. It's the same as if if you're going into a sale, you don't, Mm -hmm. You have one shot specifically if it's, you know, somebody that maybe you're not, you don't have strong connections to, um, it's, I think it's all about being prepared, understanding like why you're reaching out to them and letting them know why you're reaching out. Um, and then really what the goal of of that call is or what you're trying to get out of that call. And, you know, sometimes you just don't click with some people and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, on to the next, but yeah, sometimes you just don't click, but you know, when you get the ones that do, you're, you're constantly, you're always selling yourself. It's just like a sales cycle. You're selling yourself like, Hey, I'm going to invest in me because I'm curious. And hopefully you'll, you, you know, you can benefit from, from me sometime as well. But, uh, most people want to help other people, um, just as long as they know that it's going to be worth their time. Absolutely. And again, like you said, if they, if they don't, then it is what it is. <laughs> you move on. Right. So, and then this, this goes to moving on to the next point here. So now that you have 
the mentor relationships, you know how to develop a strong support system by basically relationship building, not networking is what we're calling it now. Taking care of your mind. So something that you mentioned is therapy. So I haven't done it before. However, there's a lot of people I've talked to and they're telling me that they are doing it. When I think of therapy, I think of, yo, you're a whack job. You Something's wrong. <laughs> you messed up along the way and now you're taking therapy. And obviously now I'm talking to a lot of people and that's, they're not, but that, but they're using it to benefit their mind, their spirit, body, whatever it is. So tell us a little bit more about the therapy and what was, what made you get into this? Uh, I had, I had someone, uh, in my past, it was very important to me, um, that really, really struggled. And it is since then, mental health has been Mm. something that's been at the forefront for me. And it doesn't always mean that, you know, I'm going through a tough time. It just means that there are things that I I always want to be a better person. And, you know, for example, right now it's, uh, um, how can I bring more of my personality to work? So there are just these little things that, you know, you just try to unpack and, you know, therapy can be very different. Like there's certain, there are certain therapists that are really focused on like fixing something. Um, and then there's some that where I view it a little bit more as like coaching. And so you're yep. just focusing, there's going to be different things for me that I'm always looking at improving. And when I start to, you know, say, we'll focus on, you know, the thing that I'm focused on right now, I'll start to feel like I'm actually making progress on that. And I have some tools that I know they're, they're going to help me. And then it's sort of, all right, what do I work, want to work on next? And so for me, it's just, I just want to constantly be better. I want to be more mindful to others around me. I want to continue to bring my best self to every relationship, whether that's mm-hmm. in work or personal or whatever that is, that's just important to me. And of course, there's going to be times, you know, especially during COVID, uh, we want to, I, I've wanted to, there's been struggles. I think everyone's struggled, right? I yeah. was on, like you, I was on the road all the time going from on the road all around the world to sitting in my four walls, that's hard. Um, so I think it's just nurturing. Um, for me, it's it's not right for everybody, but for me, it's something that I find uh, very important. Yeah, and those struggles are real. Uh, I remember the first month coming back, I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. And then month two, I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> like I'm not traveling. I'm not going anywhere. Like I have no one to talk to. Cause I used to be in front of people all the time. And now you're just, you're just in your four walls, like you said. Uh, and I want to dive a little bit deeper here because you mentioned it. You can go as deep as you want to on this. You said you had some struggles that you faced. So like, what were those struggles? And then how is that applicable to the person you mentioned in the past that can, again, got you into it for context for everybody here? So I think I've always thought of myself as a little bit more introverted. And I think what I have realized that I'm a much more extroverted person than I ever thought I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going, you know, uh, I made a career, well, I moved from being a global sales development leader to going to selling enterprise sales at Snowflake. Mm-hmm. And I'd never done that before. I've never closed business in SaaS. And that is a very big difference between what I was doing. And I made that switch mid pandemic. It was, I made that choice in February, things closed down. So I am learning a brand new role um, and really no boss for about six or seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt very isolated. Um, 
I took a chance moving from a job that I was very good at uh, to put myself in a very challenging, uncomfortable scenario that I knew was going to be very hard. And then that was amplified for the fact that I all of a sudden didn't have a boss very soon after I made that jump. And I was not surrounded by anybody that I originally thought was going to be help coaching me into this new role. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really hard. Um, I was like imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was doing the right things. I thought I was doing the right things, but I wasn't sure. Um, so yeah, it felt very, it was a, it was a struggle of the year for, for everybody. It's all relative. Um, but that, that was my struggle. And in that imposter syndrome, Obviously, you did you're doing the therapy, but what were some things that you did to combat that to to not feel that? Oh man, for me, I mean, I wouldn't say it's healthy, but I, I just I worked a lot. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's like studying, and I was just I felt like I had to put my mindset into all right. This is sort of like getting your MBA, maybe right. So yep. you're gonna you're studying, but you're learning alongside. Uh, so I put my head down and I just worked as hard as I could to try to figure out you to teach myself. I know, I know. Getting an interruption in the middle of the episode and having an ad pop up in the middle of a great point is the worst. However, I want to show some love to my organization and sponsor, JB Sales. And as many of you know, I started out giving out sales content on a YouTube channel and podcast called the SR Chronicles. And I created the one-up formula to figure out different concepts. However, on a day-to-day basis, I'm still talking about sales. And I am a business professional that happens to give out sales techniques and a sales trainer over at JB Sales. And we train reps for leading companies like Slack, Google, MindBody, Salesforce, and many fast-growing companies like that. And what some of you may not know, hot tip, is that you can access our content for yourself with our new on-demand platform. So people are constantly asking me for my sales tips and constantly asking questions from multiple platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything that I talk about is inside of the on-demand platform. And we're seeing crazy results from people all across the board. And people are DMing, telling me, hey, we're, we're scheduling 20x more meetings, 2x on our cold call conversions, and using video prospecting to schedule net new meetings into accounts they never were able to. So if you're interested in this, on these incredible results that we're seeing, feel free to check us out. And if you're in sales, and if you're looking to up your sales game, this is for you. So check us out, JB Sales On Demand over at ondemand.jbarrows.com. That's on demand, J B A R R O W S dot com. And per usual, I'll put the link in the show notes. All right, let's get back in the episode. So, this is interesting because I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, like, when I'm le- looking to learn something new, like, I was had a really successful team at Terminus as an SCR manager. And then I joined JB Sales and I had to sell, but I'd never sold anything before, similar to you. And I was like, I don't know how to do this that well. And it and it frustrated me because I was so well at the other thing that I did. So I felt like it was gonna come natural and it wasn't. And I was like, what what it what's going on? 
right? And you almost lose yourself in the process because you want to be successful so bad, which is a fault question to you because I think we might have the same obstacle here. You mentioned adding more of your personality. What exactly did you mean by that? So um, for a very long, I mean, I'm quite young um, and I, I feel like I've been able, I've been blessed with a very solid career up to this point. Uh, and I was very young um, in my last role, but particularly when I got into Snowflake and Snowflake at the time was really starting to get a lot of attention. And I really felt like, how, how did they find me? Why did they want me for this job? Like, should I be here? And for a very long time, I have masked how old I am because I didn't, you know, it's been an insecurity of mine for, you know, not only being a woman in a very male dominated space, but uh, I didn't want anyone to figure out how young I was either because that I, I didn't want that to ruin any credibility that I might be able to have by masking, maybe, maybe thinking, allowing people to think that I might be older than I am. Uh, and so in that, uh, I'm very, very serious at work, or I have been. It's something that I've been working on um, because connection creates trust. Trust um, fuels speed mm. in, in business. And that was a... But that was a hard thing for me. Um, so that it, you know, while I'm much better in my personal life with that, not a lot of people at work have really known who I am. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I look at leaders that I very much respect, there's a level of vulnerability there and openness. And I was realizing that I, I wasn't bringing that to work. Was that a self-awareness or was that someone calls you out on it? A little bit of both. Um, I'm again, I'm very big on feedback. And I asked for an executive coach at my last company. And we did a three, you know, a 360, uh, uh, 360 feedback. And that was some of the feedback was like, we don't really know anything about her. Um, She's, you know, she's really good at her job, but she's, you know, very stoic, um, very hard to read. And I think that that's come in. There's parts of that that have been very advantageous for me. In other parts, though, I think that that probably has hurt, hurt me a little bit. Uh, And I did get some feedback on that specifically at Snowflake. And, you know, I was very determined to figure out where that balance was between um, having, you know, uh, some feedback I got from a boss was the way that I'm able to go into a room and command a a room of a lot of very important people is that's rare. Um, But finding the balance between that and being able to show my personality, that's going to make me a better leader in the long run. Do you feel like it sounds like you're working on it, but in the past, like there were two separate people, like you, your personal self and the professional Nicolette. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And the reason I say that is because I, I dealt with the same thing is that I even, I got called on it for my friends and I don't know if you labeled yours, but we labeled mine space mode. So basically, so basically, like if I'm in a work setting, I'm in a space mode, basically like I'm in my zone. I know what I'm going to say. I know what I'm going to do. But what happened is, and I don't know if it happened with your personal life, but because I was so focused, I actually would start talking in like work language to people like in my life. And they're like, Morgan, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that has nothing to do with what this conversation's about. And I realized that I was, I didn't have any, what basically I've labeled as playfulness 
in the work spot. And that doesn't mean be silly and I'm cracking jokes and there's fireworks when I get on a call and like, you know, it's not like that, but just being more playful so people can relate to you as a human. It sounds like you're going through that same transition as of right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think another, I, a lot of my team, they started just asking me questions like, you're so secretive. Like, how old are you? When did you graduate? Like, do we know a lot of the same people or, um, and the, the, I was just so worried about my world's collapse, like colliding too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that I have really worked on this, um, the stronger relationships that I've started to build, uh, so I knew that it was important. I was just so fearful. Like I had this, I had a cape over me. Like I had, I had, you know, sewed this own cape and I felt sort of like invincible under this cape. Um, and I don't need the cape. No, that's really empowering. So you don't need the cape. So what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to take off that cape? Well, I would say it's hard being behind a computer. So you have to be a little bit better about that. But I think, you know, that's everywhere from anywhere from uh, doing a little bit more research to customers that you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. To sort of make that connection. Um, finding some uncommon commonalities, even if they're not commonalities. Uh, you know, it's for me, I was so business focused all the time that I would just jump right in. Instead yeah. of like, hey, for like five, 10 minutes, like, let's just talk about, hey, what's going on? Like, how are your kids? Uh, just showing that realness and like just being a little bit more open. Um, that just dis- that that disarms people so quickly. Um, I think it makes it a lot easier to do business. Uh, and a lot, fa- you know, like I said earlier, is trust, trust equals speed. Um, yeah. business. It does. And so one thing that you talked about is journaling. So obviously one of the pieces is being proactive and showing that personality in the workplace, but obviously you have to be self-aware to bring the personality out for yourself to figure out how you're going to do it. So how are you going about your journal? Is it every morning? Is it every night? Like what happens? It's not that often. I wish it was probably a little more often. I think what I have found over the years, it's, where I do a lot of my journaling is I take a few days for myself, okay. whatever that is, or I go somewhere by myself. It's quiet, maybe in nature somewhere. And I will just do pages and pages and pages. And that's everywhere from like reflecting on things that what, what I have done, what I want to improve on. Uh, I guess it's almost like a start, stop, continue, I guess, to be very business-like, but like let's just reflect on what the things that make me feel good, what I think I've done well, what I want to improve. I'm really bad about celebrating, uh, like celebrating the good things. So for example, you know, my first year and a half at Snowflake, we went from like no SDRs to over a hundred SDRs, mm-hmm. ton of managers all across the globe. We opened a ton of offices everywhere from Japan to Singapore to Amsterdam um, we are moving so fast that there's almost no time to just like sit and be with, like, l- look at what we've, we've, there's a hell of a lot to go you know, ahead. Um, but let's just celebrate for a little bit of what we have done. So for yeah. me, it's a, it's a lot of reflecting, uh, and a hard part, another hard part for me in quarantine was 
Uh, and I'm very thankful for this. I have accomplished a lot of what I wanted to accomplish by the time I was 30. And so I've a challenge that I've had with myself recently is what now? Like, yeah. what, are, what, what's going to, what, how am I going to pump myself up? Cause I've been pumping myself up with these, these things that I've accomplished already. Then it's like, what's next. And so those are also the things I'm constantly thinking about to try to get myself pumped up and excited of, you know, what's good, you know, what's, what's, yeah, what's going to make me want to work till midnight and just be so ecstatic um, yeah. and brag about, not brag about, but, you know, be proud of Yeah, uh, making new connections, new people, new business ideas, all those things. Yeah, I mean, on, on top of what you're talking about with figuring out what, what amps you up, like if you don't have anything to fuel you, you're not going to go anywhere. You know, I always think about it as like a car, right? Like the car only goes as fast as, as far as how much gas you have in it, right? So if you're not, if you have nothing driving you, if there's no goal, if there's no fuel, then you're just going to sit there in the parking lot being like, I want to go somewhere, but I don't know where, right? And that's what it sounds like that you're at. And I feel like everyone gets to that point. And I'm, I have like something similar where it's like, I had to take, actually take a step back like two weeks ago and like realign my goals to be like, all right, like I need to figure out like, what is that extra umph that I need to be focusing on? And I figured that out. And so like, now I can start driving on that. And I feel like, you know, everyone needs to do that. So I appreciate you sharing that. And really actually it's a follow up to something that you mentioned earlier. You said you're really hard on yourself sounds like you're more hard on yourself than most people like i'm the same way <laughs> like like somebody like oh that's great i'm like no that really wasn't that great <laughs> like you might have thought of it and it's and it's interesting nicolette you might have, you probably agree with this is that your 60 percent is probably someone's 100 mm -hmm. and it's really hard to reflect on certain things when everyone is giving you so much love on it and you know it could be so much better so you have to find those mentors like you have so my question to you is because you mentioned that you had these goals you've hit them by 30 what did drive you i guess in the past because you're changing now but what did drive you what's the chip on the shoulder that makes you that makes it so hard on yourself that you were like business nicolette here for me it's being feeling empowered as a woman in business yep. and not ever having to rely on anyone in your life, monetary wise, Yeah, being able to develop and build the life that you want first and foremost. And so a lot of that is security, um, but pride in my work. And so that's, that's driven me for a long time. Um, being able to buy my first beautiful home by myself, uh, so those are, those are big milestones for me. And I've been lucky with Snowflake and to, to have a very, very good job where I'm very comfortable. Um, and I know that what I have now, I, I will be plenty fine with. And so it's sort of like redeveloping these other values, right? That are not just so monetary wise. And maybe, I guess like, you could say maybe materialistic, um, but I think a lot of it's, it's more, it's not less the money and it's more around security. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's more of maybe the like legacy or how do I want to be remembered? Like, how do I, how can I continue to nurture uh, the other parts of me, like giving back, um, um, volunteering, uh, you know, all these different sorts of things, like trying to figure out that, that higher purpose for me. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I think it's having the legacy conversation. What's the long lasting impact? You know, how are you going to make sure that the the last name is impactful moving forward? I think that's the conversation that most people aren't having with themselves on a daily basis because we're, especially in sales, we're so short term, short term, right? I got in my quota. I got to hit this target, right? And then you're like, all right, I got to go do it again and do it again. And then, you know, 20 years down the line, you don't know what your legacy is. Like most people are not going to remember that million dollar deal that you closed 10 years ago they're going to remember how you made them feel and and also you mentioned the personality like how was that person to me right which is why the personality piece is so important uh, but you mentioned something i want to double click on and then we'll get to like being active in nature because i want to dive into that but you said that you're getting comfortable does it does it make you nervous that you're starting to get comfortable all the time uh it's like it's, it's such a battle for me um, because I've been on this trajectory. It's like law of physics, right? Um, mm-hmm. Object in motion stays in motion. And so, you know, it's this battle with like, you got to continue to go. But I also had some advice recently. It was like, you know, to your point earlier, you were so spot on with how I am of like my, my 60% is somebody else's hundred percent. And mm-hmm. I don't think about that. It's just the way that I go. Yep. Um, and I, it's, uh, it's almost like accept it's acceptance. But somebody somebody recently said, "You want to climb Everest, but you know, it, getting to like like base camp is an accomplishment enough. So just like enjoy for a little bit, just enjoy." And so I keep thinking about that because it's true. Because you're, I know I don't want to get to a point where I'm. There's just there there are infinite things to be able to do, right? Absolutely. So. Um, it's just, I think now it's finding the ones that I think make, have a purpose behind them. And so speak, so speaking of purpose, is this, you said being active in nature. So is nature a part of this new thing that you're diving into? Obviously you've been in Colorado for a while and obviously there's a ton of things out in nature you can do, but is that like where you're starting to find what that purpose is by like being in nature? I think it's very grounding. Uh, and man, I spent eight years in San Francisco and it, it started to get to me a little bit because you're meeting the same type of people all, all, all the time. And, uh, you don't really get to know, you don't, and it's funny that I'm saying this because in business, like I'm so stoic and not very open. Um, but you don't really get to see a lot of people's personalities either. And so being in San Francisco, it just, it started to just made me feel a lot less connected to nature and earth and the things that make me feel very grounded. Uh, and so one of the, one of the reasons that I volunteered to open the office here in Denver was to get back to that, to feel very grounded, be in nature and like the calmness, the quietness that's very meditative for me. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that is important. Um, we get so caught up, right. I get so caught up in it. Sometimes you know, my alarm system is still on at night, meaning that I didn't go outside that day. Um, so it, for me, it is something that is very important to me, seeing different parts of parts of nature in different areas. And uh, quarantine has also, you know, we haven't been that mobile, but we mm-hmm. have been able to sort of go in the car and maybe go, you know, to Wyoming, go to Yellowstone or Montana or something like that. So I think it's been, it makes me also appreciate the country, not only the world, but the country that we're in and the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm 
speaking of just the beauty of life, like I feel like this whole situation in the past year has made us all appreciate just life as a whole and how important it is to build quality relationships. And I, I, I know that, you know, we talk about traveling, like I was gone every week. Like I didn't even see my parents and they live like 20 minutes away from me. And I was able to see them every single weekend during everything that happened. And we built stronger relationships. Like you said, we, we, we have the ability to really cherish that more than now than ever. And that's why, you know, you went out of San Francisco and you mentioned that you go outside every day though. I want to double click on that piece. So you mentioned you have an alarm. So that alarm goes off and you just take a walk outside. Do you like, Oh no, I'm saying, I'm saying I, if my alarm system to my house is still on, got it, got it, got it. When I go out like that, that, that's not good. Yeah. Um, it's like you need, you are getting way too immersed in, there's no, you, you need to be better about your balance. Um, yeah. Because, you know, when you're traveling, you're like, okay, I'm going to get an Uber. I'm going to go to the airport. I've got, yep. you know, I've got this time. Like at least I'm in different places and I'm walking and I'm active and it's a harder, you have to be more intentional now. And so, and so how are you being more intentional? Luckily, my Pilates studio has been open for a really long time. So that's at least gets me out of the house. Uh, I live in a very, very um, beautiful historic neighborhood. It's nice to go on walks around. So cool. it, I mean, if if it's just a ten minute walk, or if you're just walking to the coffee shop a few blocks away, like at least it's something. And when you go on the walk, so people are probably wondering: Are do you have your phone with you? Do you put it on airplane mode? Like, how does that work? Um, when I'm walking, usually when I'm outside or like, even when I'm skiing, I don't listen to music, um, which I'm a big music person, but I, I just need the silence. Um, that's why mornings actually getting out in the, well, when there's not four feet of snow on the ground, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting out in the mornings. I, I love being a morning person because you, it's almost like you get a city to yourself or wherever you are. It's so peaceful and quiet. Um, that I like to be, I like to be with that whether you're hearing people or cars or nature or whatever, um, no phone, no headphones, nothing. I keep telling people this about the morning. Waking up early is, is the most beautiful thing. I look forward to it because there's absolutely no one hitting you up and you just have time for yourself and you can like really zone in. I actually listen to music in the morning, but I've never just like walked and like embraced it. I think that's that's really interesting. And that's a pretty that's a takeaway that like I have on that. It's because like I always will listen to music because I just don't want to I just kind of want to be in like my own space. But I think that's very interesting that you do that. And when you do when you do take those walks, will you do anything else besides taking it in? Will you like write anything down from like like if you do, because you mentioned that you might, we might go somewhere to do journaling, but do you write anything down? Do you say anything out loud? Or is it just you just embracing that moment walking? I think it's just embracing that moment. Yep. Um, when I, particularly when I was in San Francisco, that was like the favorite, my favorite place to wake up early. I would wake mm-hmm. up at an ungodly hour, like when the sun is coming up and I would walk like two miles through the city before like people start getting up for coffee. Uh, and it that was just very therapeutic for me because you're not connected. No one's, no one's up. They don't need anything from you. No, they don't. (laughs) That's why it's so great. (laughs) So where have you gone from a nature standpoint that 
really stood out to you and you came away feeling more empowered as of late? Mm, lately? Uh, I went to, I went to Moab and. Where's that? It's in Arizona in the desert. Okay. Okay, cool. And we went camping and I have never seen the sky, the way that that sky looked. Uh, everything around you is like this very, like, it's like red rocks kind yeah. of, right? Like, yep. um, red dirt. And there's all these beautiful rock formations and canyons and everything. And we camped very, very in a remote, very, very remote area. Uh, and it was just very quiet. Um, the I've never seen stars like that. It just, it was very calming every night. It's just quiet. You're just watching the stars. Makes you think how small you are compared to what else is out there. Uh, and to just cherish it. But that was that was a really cool experience. That sounds awesome. I love Arizona. Arizona was the... I'm sorry, I was in Utah. I said Arizona. It's in Utah? Oh, okay. It's in Utah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's super cool. And when you come back to work, is it a different feeling? Because you mentioned that, you know, you you see the sky, you see everything there, and it just makes you feel smaller. So then you're like, okay, goes back to your point earlier we're in such a go, go, go mood. It kind of takes you back to be like, everything's okay. Like I, I'm doing the things I need to do, but curious to see how you feel about, feel after that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I feel the most stressed, that's when I like to get out in nature. Um, it, yeah, it brings you down, um, but back down to earth a little bit. And there, again, like there's so many things that can be done every day and especially, I mean, especially in sales, it never ends. You never feel like anything's complete, right? As soon as something's no. complete, you're like on to the next thing, or you need to have 10 other things to back up that one thing, right? Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, it just, it's bringing you back down, realizing that like, just slow down. Work isn't everything. Um, you take a lot of pride in it, but you don't need to be defined by that. Yeah. And, I'm, and this is going to lead to the to the last bit uh, of the interview. I'm going to recap a couple of things. So I really like what you said there. Nicolette, because one of, one of my mentors told me the same thing. It really hit home with me. So he was like, all right, like, tell me the topics that you touch on when it comes to sales. And I was like, yeah, like sales development, cold calling, emailing, LinkedIn, prospecting. And he's like, can you go into details? Like, yeah, this is how I do it. This is how I do it. And he's like, all right, tell me what you do for fun. Crickets. I, I struggled. I couldn't answer the question. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Morgan, that's an issue. Like you just told me all the stuff that you could do with sales and the prospecting and the sales development, but you couldn't even tell me what you do for fun. And then it's exactly what you said. And ever since he told me that I was like, it, everything changed. He was like, sales is what you do. It's not who you are. And a, and a lot of us, what happens is that sales becomes who we are instead of just what we do. And we don't add our personality. We, we, we lose ourselves in it. And so like that, that, really hit home with me what you just said because i remember that conversation <laughs> and i was like yeah i gotta change a lot you know now i can rattle those things off uh and then really just comes to this conversation what you said in the theme in the beginning which is you know one percent better every single day across mind body personally professionally and we talked about you know number one the networking piece like but not networking relationship building finding mentors finding people in your community to connect with and being thoughtful and curious when you talk to them and then we also talked about taking care of your mind. We talked about therapy, how to add your own personality to the workspace, uh, how being a harder yourself can actually be detrimental and you have to put things in perspective. And then we talked about being active in nature. 
uh, whether it's taking a walk with no music or going out somewhere and just embracing the forest, the mountains, whatever water, wherever you're at. So question for you, Nicola, as we wrap this up, what is the best piece of advice that you've received recently? So, well, what I had forgotten about that one with the Everest, um, that one does stick with me. Um, I think one that's more, I think sales related, um, especially in enterprise sales, it it's, you know, coming from sales development where it's, you know, when you're winning, right. It's winning or losing every single day, uh, in enterprise sales, it's so drawn out. And that's something that I've really struggled with recently of how do I know when I'm doing a good job? And some of the biggest advice that I got was if you're just able to do one thing that advances a deal every day, whether it's a conversation, a bit of information that you get something, think of that as a win. Uh, but yeah, that's hard because I, I want to see the fruits of my labor now. Uh, whereas they might be two years from now for me. So that's, I would say that's, that's some advice that I'm trying to stick with. Yeah. Especially when you say it's a obviously a way longer sales cycle. There's so many things involved and it could, you could be eight months in and it all falls apart and you're like, what I do wrong? And you, you don't even really know. Uh, one thing you mentioned on, I actually have it right next to me, for people that see the video, it's called the six minute success journal or six minute diary. Uh, something for you to, to possibly check out. So basically every day it's like, what am I looking to accomplish? What are my main focuses? And I struggle with the same thing. It's an obstacle for me that, yeah, I've accomplished all these things, but I never really pay attention to them. I'm always like, all right, what's the next thing? And so what this does is every day you write down your goals and you can check them off and you have like a sense of accomplishment that you're actually moving in the right direction. So it's a way to to narrow down those accomplishments. So one thing is recommendation, but also for everyone, if you don't even get what I just said, it's really like, okay, like what are the small things I could do to win? So then you can see those small improvements. And last thing here, Nicola, any, anybody that you want to shout out or is there anything that you're working on that you want to pay mind to and, and tell the audience? Mm. I will say this just, it's, um, I had a, I had a mentee of mine who sent me a, a very, very sweet, uh, message the other day about me being the, the woman that has impacted her life the most. Um, that's Lauren Wadsworth. She works, she, she runs global sales development segment. Um, she, she, she has taught me a lot about being very, a lot more open and vulnerable uh, in the workspace. What, she, what that message made me do was go to my first boss in tech, Daniel Barber, who just got a series, he just got funding for his company. Um, but uh, I don't think I had ever told him how appreciative I was of who he had invited, who he has introduced me to. Because who he introduced me to was like the very beginning of this big web. And yeah. there's so much that comes back to that person uh, from, you know, him encouraging me to like reach out to mentors and then that being Ralph to um, a friend of mine, mentor Andrew Riesenfeld that's over at DocuSign. That that network have just, has just continued to build. Uh, and it took me until she had said that to me um, that I had to go back to him and be like, I've never told you this, but there's so much of my career that I, I have to think um, that's due to you. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate you doing those shout outs, Nicolette, and hopefully everyone that can listen in can, can appreciate that love. And I 
appreciate you coming on, sharing insights, being open and giving some actionable advice for people that are listening in. And as always, y'all, as I say, one up and we'll see you all soon.